Matt Stapp, it's October. Are you feeling spooky? No. Tap and step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. And we made it through Bag of Cereal Week. We did. And we did. I thought it wasn't a bad week. I, it. You know, for a little while there, we had a lot of upsets kind of rolling in the first half of a lot of games. So it, it was it was it was an interesting week of football, uh, the football and other stuff. But it was it was an interesting week. We'll talk about all of that coming up here in just a little bit. This is your week seven preview episode of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Coming up here in just a little bit, we will discuss. Cuss and discuss all the week six action from across the state, uh, including uh, some things that are worth talking about or fun to talk about and some things that aren't. Mm-hmm, talk mm-hmm. about that. And then we're going to have our week seven game draft with the biggest and best games from across the state. But first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Mm-mm-mm. Shout out to our friends at Country Meats. Have a team in need? Country Meats makes fundraising easy and lets you earn 50% profit. Reach your team's goals fast. Use discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order at CountryMeats.com. That's promo code STEPP10 at checkout at CountryMeats.com. CountryMeats.com. The weather's cooling off. The only thing to heat you up country meets that's what she said yes <laughs> yes talk about the spicy delicious meat sticks oh yeah of course meats. yeah I'm, I'm i'm a hot barbecue guy myself you are a hot yeah. barbecue guy matt step we're gonna do another uh one of our uh three strikes okay okay all Here, right here's what i got for you this week matt step i need you to name as many of the top 10. You get three strikes. Top 10. Okay. UIL 11 man scoring offenses right now. So the points per game. Now, we are much like Brian Ferentz at Iowa. We count in the special teams and stuff. It's all mm-hmm, points per mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm. So the top 10 highest scoring teams in Texas high school football, UIL 11 man. Who are you get three strikes? Okay. Um, Gilmer. Gilmer. They got it. They scored 82 points in one game. Gilmer, believe it or not, is not. They are 33rd. What? Strike one. They're only averaging 52 points a game. Oh, t- oh, only 52 points a game. I will tell game. you this. To crack this list, you have to be scoring 56.2 or more. Um, Strike one. Willis. Ding, 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 ding. Willis checks in at number seven at 58.5. Okay. All right. Um, Tyler Chapel Hill. That's strike two. Dang it. Chapel East Hill Texas is letting me down. 34th. They're scoring less than Gilmer. Oh. 
Only well, fifty two. Only oh, fifty one point eight. Oh darn! No, nah, get you, it together, reared and get it together, dude. I know. Seriously. What are you doing? What are you even doing over there? What are you even doing? What are you even exactly. doing? All right. Uh, 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 Beckville. Wow, you're done. That's it. They, they, Beckville scored ninety two points. They put up ninety two this week. But Beckville is only thirty sixth. You somehow got 33, 34, and 36. Beckville's 51 and a half points. And all three of them are East Texas. Yeah, but remember, (laughs) they only scored like 12 points against Timpson. Here you are. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Dang it. I I think I was was enamored with Gilmer's 80. Because Gilmer scored 82, and then Beckville Beckville beat Hawkins 92 to 12 this week. That was 92 to 12. That was rude. Yeah. Number 10, Winsboro, 56.2 points per game. There's an East Texas school. Yeah, yeah there's the wrong East Texas school. Number 9, Canadian, 57.4. Okay, yeah. Number 8, Forney, 58 point, 58 points a game. <laughs> that's, a, that's a surprising one. Uh, Willis, you got number 7. Number 6, and here's a surprising one. Oh, no, not really. Corpus Christi Miller, 6. 59 points a game. Yeah, they're always putting up huge numbers down there. Number 5, North Crowley, 59.2 points per game. Yeah, they scored 69 points, I think, the first two weeks of the season. Nice. Yeah. Fourth, center, 59.8 oh. points yeah. per game. Caden Dixon runs for like 400 yards every game. Yeah. And now the three teams averaging 60 or more points per game. Number three, well, actually, tie for second. No, number three. San Antonio Alamo Heights, 60.2 points per game. Okay. Number two. Mia Moore, Armando, Armando Luan, and the Sunray oh, yeah. Roughnecks. Bobcats. Bobcats. Yeah. Sun Downs are Roughnecks. Yeah. yeah. Sunray Bobcats. 60 and a half points per game. You know what they call their offense at Sunray? No. The Sunraid. I love them so much. <laughs> I have my, they're my favorite the team. The Sunraid. They're my number one favorite team. I'm sorry, guys. Everyone's fighting for second. And the number one ranked scoring offense right now, the state-ranked and unbeaten Frisco Emerson Mavericks mm. who are averaging 61 points per game. They have scored 366 points this season. That seems good. So there you have it. Your Texas High School Wolf Fun Fact of the Week. By the way, the I agent, failed miserably. You really did. The agent of chaos in this is Center because Center is is scoring 59.8 points per game and giving up 41. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I because I, I wrote about this Gilmer. Oh my gosh, who, dude. Who is not in the top 10 scoring? Gilmer is um, scoring, I uh, believe, what did you say Gilmer's uh, scoring per game, 52? They 52. They're allowing 50.6. So they are, they are <laughs> if you want to combine scoring offense and scoring defense, they have the highest game, game total. They yeah. have 102.6, um, followed by center, followed by Hutto, which is to the yeah. surprise of nobody. So basically, if you, if you go watch a Gilmer game, you're, you're going to get this wild-ass football and just a shootout. If you're interested, our friends at Lytle are still are still plugging along at the lowest scoring games. They're scoring 16 and giving up 10.5. Gotta love Lytle. Rocks. Anyway, yeah. there it is, your Texas High School Ball fun fact of the week. All right, Matthew, let's recap week six uh, of the Texas High School football season. I have a question before you get into week six. Can you rank where does Antonio Wiley currently rank among your amongst your favorite people in the world right now? He's my number one ranked Antonio. Okay. That's a uh, yeah. He's he's yeah. up there. He, we might as well start with that. So we were yeah. going to go through the games that I, that we picked. But I figured we'd segue into that a little bit. Fourth, uh, Louisville and Coppell. Uh, I'm a man of my word. On this podcast, I told you I would wear my letter jacket on TFT, and I wore my letter jacket on TFT. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uncomfortable. <laughs> Doesn't look. Yeah, I don't know how we did that good. in high school. Oh yeah. my god, it does, it's not comfortable. Um, do girl, I'll be on, do, I'll do be, girls really like us wearing those things? No way. No way. There's there no can't way. be. 
Louisville, uh, Coppell beats Louisville 49-28, and um, I was shocked. Like, just at the – that was a as complete and thorough of a performance from Coppell as we have seen since probably that 2017 run of the regional semifinals mm-hmm. when they lost to Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. Man. It's, they, they, were, were, they were impressive. I watched a good portion of this online. Very, Antonio Wiley and his coaching staff did a great job. The kids executed. They just kicked Louisville's butt. They did. It's amazing. And I think if you're in Louisville, you gotta do some, you're, you're doing soul searching this week mm-hmm. because I think they've lost their way. Mm. They don't. Their offensive identity last year was get behind that big offensive line, run Byron Ellison, and just mash you. And they're trying to throw the ball a lot more this year, and I just don't think it's work. It's just not doesn't fit their their personnel, and it, 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 it's not working. I think they need to go back to basics and start go back to their twenty twenty two blueprint and use that going forward. Because I, th- I think they got they got a, they they lost their way out with the, their offense a little bit. In my in my opinion, because the thing about like Byron Ellison took off for like a fifty eight yard touchdown run like in the first quarter, yeah, and I was like, mm-hmm, here we go. Like he, I know how this is going. He be. had I think Byron Ellison had. Byron Ellison was great. He had 10 carries for 146 yards and two touchdowns, and he had three catches for 65 yards and two touchdowns. He was great. He had thir- but he only had 13 touches. Yeah. You got Byron Ellison. He, that, he needs to touch the ball 20-plus times, in my opinion, every game. Yeah. Um, a, a, a signature win for Antonio Wiley. That's a signature win. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, had, they, had, they went 9-2 and two last year, but they never really had that signature win. This they is, lost to Louisville. And that's, yeah, yeah, they lost to Louisville and McKinney. Yeah. Yeah, um, but this is this is the biggest one of the Antonio Wiley yeah. era at Coppell, and I mean they got to take care of business this week against Flyer Mount Marcus, and there's a big letdown factor here. Sure, and Marcus is a good team. Marcus is a good team. Come off an emotional win over Flyer Mount in the Mount Showdown, but if they get past that, like ten and zero is a possibility. It really is. Yeah. And then thought. then the other questions with Coppell, which we'll get into, I'm mean, sure late in the later weeks, is. Do they go Division One, Division Two? Because there's a, there's a chance they go Division One. You just feel good for those hard scrabble kids from Coppell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I took Stephenville and Brownwood. Uh, great game it was seventeen seventeen in the fourth quarter. Uh, Stephenville, uh, I think, with the backup quarterback, yeah, found a way. Ryan Gafford found a way to pull it out. Ten points in the fourth quarter to win twenty seven seven. Just a typical Stephenville Brownwood game. Uh, I think you're sick if you're Brownwood. <sighs> yeah. You, I bet Sammy Burnett's just like, man, what do we got to do to beat these guys? Yeah. Brownwood's got a great team, but Stephenville's just got their number right now. And, I mean, obviously Stephenville, we know how good they are, but Brownwood's got to be kicking themselves. At, at home, it lined up for Brownwood to get the win and just couldn't get it done. Columbus and Madisonville. Uh, yeah. Uh, Columbus really good. Let me ask you a question. Pound for pound, I'm not saying the best. Mm-hmm. Pound for pound, are they the most complete team in Texas? They're amongst the, the they're 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 in, they're in the discussion right now. Columbus is really really strong. You remember last year they they were the ones who pushed Franklin in the state in, in the regional final. You know Franklin had to score a late touchdown, less than a minute left to win that game. Columbus I'll, had him on the ropes. I'll say this about our three A rankings: um, Franklin is the two time defending champ, and they haven't lost a game. And they've been they got a push from Rockdale this past week. They Franklin the last couple of weeks has not just blown people it's been very work I'll, I'll say this, this is the kindest thing i can say workmanlike yeah, it has been. not flashy not not the gaudy offensive numbers that we're used to seeing from frank keep keep an eye on that especially in a tough district uh but columbus in your personal rankings if you want to say columbus is the team to beat in 3a division one i won't argue with you too much i'll say that katie jordan and katie uh Here's a fun question. 
who comes away feeling better out of this game? Because, like, I feel like both teams come out of this feeling like, okay, that's – we feel pretty good. Yeah, I think you're Katie Jordan, you're a little sick, so I think you let one slip away. But I think also if you're Katie Jordan, this was, you know, the, this was your first big game, big test as a UIL football program yep. in your second year. And I think you you showed a lot in that game. They they came out and punched Katie in the mouth, yep. and they they took a fourteen nothing lead. And they they took the fight to Katie. It took a great effort from Katie to to pull that game out late. And a pick six helped them late. Um, I think if you're Jordan, you're kicking yourself. You let one slip away, but I think you're also like, hey, let's let's learn from this. This was our first real test we've had. Let's let's not ha- not let this happen again. And Katie's kind of one of those teams that they're, they're you know they've struggled early a little bit. They're starting to kind of. They're, they're, they kind of got a little that, that Katie mojo going where they're just finding ways to win, that, that Katie magic. Yeah, they did. And it, it was. It was – I mean, that's real heart of a champion type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Katie it's, is who we thought they were. Yeah. And it's all, you know, oh, it's heart of the champion, all, all that. But it's true. I mean, Kate, Katie, those guys, they find ways to win. They and cre- cre- it's a credit to them. There's there's a, a handful of programs in there that you've yeah. got to go out there and you got to beat them till they're dead. Yeah. you got to you got to step on yep. their neck. you got to, you know, all that stuff. Yep. Absolutely. Talk about Louisville Coppell. We can talk more about it. Uh, <laughs> East Bernard and Tide. Can we do a whole show on Louisville Coppell? This, yeah. this is a whole 30 minutes. East on? Bernard and Tidehaven. I was impressed by East Bernard. Uh, that yeah. is a team that's been really up and down, uh, but they played really well. It's not just because they scored. But yeah. I thought their defense played really well. In this yeah, I'd be, I, I haven't. I need to check with some of my folks down there. If did Tidehaven have some kids out, or did East Bernard just play playing to the wall? In I think Ty Davis defense has still showed up. I mean, they, they they did allow points. They allowed one touchdown. Allowed so touchdown. they've they've been they're still Ty Davis defense is still legit. Offensively, let's see. That's a little concerning. They only scored fifteen on East Bernard's not a bad defense, but Ty Haven, if you're the number three team in the state of Texas, you gotta do a little I mean Ty Haven, I mean East Bernard's not this is not, you know, Ty Slanita East Bernard no. right now. So a little, little bit of a yellow flag on Ty Haven. Just let me see what they got this week. Herford and Canyon West Plains. It's a nice win for West Plains. Did you see the crowd for this game? Yeah. More people showed up for that game than the UTEP game. UTEP. G5 Texas schools. Stop playing games on Friday night. Oh, my God. Please stop. It's just not working. I wonder. This is me wondering out loud. I wonder. That crowd for UTEP was embarrassing. I wonder if, like, the THSCA... They put out a statement about it. Did they? Yes, they did. I wonder if they're going to start getting involved in this. Because it's like they, they have a vested interest in not yeah. having games on Friday anyway. Yeah. But good win for West Plains. We might uh, Spoiler alert, we might talk about them a little bit later. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a great win for West Plains. They're, they have not cracked the top ten yet, but they're right. I mean, they're on the cusp. It, it was re- it really – you know, just to pull back the curtain, in my personal rankings and what we talked about as a staff, it really came down to West Plains and Monaghan, so that number ten spot. Yep. And right now Monaghan's undefeated. Yep. Yep. West Plains has a – I don't want to say it's a bad loss to Bushland, but they did lose to a small – a 3A in the season opener. So, right now the edge goes to Monahans. But right now, I think if you're looking at big picture, 4A, uh, Region 1, Division 2, it's a three-horse race. Yep. It's West Plains, Monahans, and Graham. Yep. West Plains, great win for them, though. That was a great win. They're, they're, they're legit. Really impressive. 
Delina Park, North Shore, and Sea King. I mean, I I don't I don't know mm. what well, this is. The, this this is opening the bag that says dead dove. And yeah, do not eat. It's it's, it's like, North Shore. The, the machine got online quick. I don't know what you expected. Yeah, forty two. I I kind of thought, I kind of thought North Shore would run away from this, and they they did. You know, it was twenty one nothing. Blink of an eye. North Shore gets off these crazy fast starts, and and you're buried. They they will. That is that is a high compliment, and Duncanville does it too. Mm-hmm. That they. Teams that they that they're better than they don't let hang around. No, they they, like, they put them away quick. They put them away quick. Like there are they, other programs that are really good and win a lot, but they let teams hang around. Not these. Not no. Not not very often. No. Occasionally they will, but most most of the time it, it it's over in a in a heartbeat. San Antonio J and San Antonio Sotomayor. How about those? How about the John J Mustangs? Mustangs. Thank you. So you know how we we in the summer you know. You know the chips and salsa, mm-hmm. you know seven on seven. We sh- Jay qualified for state seven on seven for the first time ever this year, and I can kind of see okay maybe they got a little something this year, and we're seeing it now. That may have been a glimpse into what we're seeing now on Friday night with Jay and how good they are. We kind of saw those because Jay's never been really good at seven on seven, no. and all of a sudden they get good this year. We're like, huh, that's interesting. And now they're six and zero. Oh. Is that Gary Gutierrez's kid? It is Jackson Gutierrez. Yes, he's a stud, man. He's a good, and he, I watched him in seven on seven. I was like, hey, this kid can play. Yeah, I'm actually going to see a J game later this year. Okay. Potentially, here's here's a fun fact. In two or three weeks, they got a Saturday night game against Harlan. Uh, and I think that stuff special. I think. Oh yeah, Saturday night, San Antonio. <laughs> I think both those teams are going to be like eight and potentially. There's a good chance they're both like eight and zero going into that game, district championship potentially on the line. That's a big Saturday night game, so it's in a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's a great win for Jay Sotomayor. Uh, their their first really big game yeah. as a, they're a second year program as well. Um, I still think they're in the mix for fourth place, um, but they, they kind of got their heads handed to them a little bit, and that's this kind of a learning experience as you're growing as a program. How about Lorena and Little River Academy? Um, it is it is interesting. Lorena is a really interesting case. Um, they are four and two now. Their losses are to China Spring and to La Vega, um, two two four A teams, and, and certainly one pretty darn good four A team in, in China Spring. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, they've still got Franklin down the road, but they control their own destiny in that district, like. Lorena's battle. Jaden Porter, I, I think he played last week, but I don't think he's 100% healthy. They leaned on Braylon Henry a lot, and he he stole the show against against Little River this week. So Lorena's battled through a lot this year. You know, they're, they're running back towards ACL, I think, or broke his leg. He had a serious injury yeah. first scrimmage. He's out for the year. They've had to reshuffle some things, and they're finding ways to win. So credit to Lorena. Um, their defense still gives me the heebie-jeebies, but it's not yeah. – their yeah. defense giving up thirty yeah. points a game, uh, and finally Jasper and Hampshire Finette. Typical game in nine four A Division two yeah. came down to the wire. I, I think those games when Silsby, Hampshire Finette, and Jasper, any of those three teams play each other, it's going to come down to the wire. They're very evenly matched. Jasper beat Hampshire Finette last year. Hampshire Finette returns the favor this year. I think they kicked the last minute field goal to win the game uh, down to the wire. I think. Whoever finishes third in that district is going to be whoever they're going to be a really tough out in the first round of the playoffs. The third place that's a really good third place team. Whoever, which is right now probably going to be Jasper, and whoever finishes second in District Ten is going to be like really. This is who we got to play round one. I Jasper. I know. By the way, speaking of that that district, um, the the big game this week in that district, you know, 
is uh, Liberty at Harden Jefferson. Yeah, you throw you throw the records out the window and Liberty Harden Jefferson play. Computer's got it as a pick them. Yeah, throw the records out the window. That's a that's going to be a slam bang affair. Can the Panthers get it done? Let's talk about it for twenty minutes. Yeah. Anyway, there's our week six recap. Now it's time for our week seven game draft, and it's brought to you by our friends at Community Coffee, who support and celebrate the thriving communities at the heart of Texas high school football. Community Coffee, strong as our roots. This is the week seven game draft. This is your first episode of Tep and Step. Welcome. Here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games that we are most interested in in this week of Texas high school football. There's many more than there were last week, mm-hmm. which is good. It's a good uh, week. It's, it's a solid week. It's a solid week. It's not a week one. So I, I think the rest of the year, we're going to kind of have these solid weeks. We're going to have one week that's full of bangers. There's always one week during district play where it's like all the big games are happening. Yeah, it's like large bills only. Yeah, but in the, the rest of the year, it's going to be, you know, then week 11, we'll have enough big games just because of playoff, you know. Right. There'll be week 11, we'll have games with like thir- fourth place teams going at it for playoff week spots. Week 11 is like basically, it's our hipster game of the week, just like five rounds of it. Yeah, for know? sure, for sure. That's the ultimate hipster game, is the Week 11 hipster game. Because you have oh, to yeah. find something. <laughs> yeah, find something that we didn't talk about exactly. already. Yeah. Uh, we'll go back and forth five rounds once it's picked off the board, and then we'll round it all out with our aforementioned hipster game of the week. Matt Stepp had the first pick in this week's draft. Who is your first draft pick? I'm going to go out to, uh, to Forney. Friday night, uh... Big game in Citibank Stadium in Forney as the second-ranked Longview Lobos head west on Highway 80. I'll probably take 20, but then exit on 80 to take on the unbeaten 10th-ranked Forney Jackrabbits in a big District 7-5A Division One game, a game that our own Greg Powers will be attending Friday night, a celebrity in the house. Let's see it, Forney. Yeah. That's the whole bit here. Yeah. So this is the, this is I mean, this is the biggest game in Forney in a long time. Jeff Fleener's done a heck of a job with this program, but hadn't really got a signature win yet. Their schedule uh, non-district was uh, lacking to say the least. It was not. It was a schedule made for a new coach who came in was trying to build a program and get wins, and Forney's past that point now. They're they're going to need to upgrade their non-district schedule. Um. Yeah, non-district for sure. Because yeah. the best non-district win was over Crandall, which is kind of a they and Crandall's kind of an old rivalry. They've played that game for years, so I, you know it's a good good non-district game. But then they got into district play. Yes, and they went to Lufkin. They did. Now a little caveat that went over Lufkin because Lufkin's good, and going to Lufkin is not easy. Lufkin was down to their third string quarterback that game, and it was twenty-one twenty-one going into fourth quarter. Hmm. Now Forney pulled away in the fourth. Credit to Forney. They've, they've got some front-line, a 42-21 win. And they've got great front-line talent. I mean, we're talking J.B. J. Osborne is one of the top sophomore running backs in Texas. He's a He's certified stud. they got Aaron Flowers, the Oregon commit on defense, and they got the South Oak Cliff transfer at linebacker, Kelvion Riggins. Aaron Flowers feels like he's been there forever. Yeah, I think he's like in his seventh year. Uh, do high school kids get COVID years? I don't know. Um, and Riggins has made a nice – Riggins has made a nice impact with the South Oak Cliff defense. But not from Coming from South Oak Cliff to Forney because – I think the scheme fit for him is a lot better in Forney's defense. I think he's able to just to just run run around. Well, there's all kinds of chaos. What going is on. going on? What is VNA up to right now? What a troublemaker she is. Hey, we're trying to record a podcast. No one can even hear us. Ugh. 
Savage. Kind of heathens we have here. So Kelvion Riggins has is, is done a great job in fitting into that Forney defense. Um, great player. Um, they're going to they're gonna need to be ready this week. Level up. <laughs> because the Lobos are coming to town, and I guarantee they're going to travel heavy. They're going to be deep. And what Longview is going to do, there's no secret here. They are going to take a crowbar to you, and they're going to bash you over the head with it 45, 50 times. And you might be up for the fight for the first 10, 15 times. But the question when you're playing Longview is, are you up for that fight 30 times, 40 times, 50 times? Because they are going to come at you, and not just with Taylor Tatum. Taylor Tatum, the Oklahoma commit, obviously tackling him, not a lot of fun. Don't recommend it. It's a it's a zero stars. Yeah, zero star rating there. But they've got other running backs. They've got um, um, two or three other guys that they, they rotate in that are that are not Taylor Tatum, but very good running backs. And they stick with it, and they just come at you in waves. And they then defensively they're suffocating with Willie Nelson and Buda Garrett. They're in the secondary. This is a really really elite Longview team, and I think what's What's different about Longview is the quarterback Andrew Tut. Glad you remember. He's starting to play well. He he, you know, I saw him week week one against McKinney. It was his first ever varsity start. You can kind of see he was still he was a little happy feet, not quite there yet. He's gotten better every game, and he looks good. And if Longview's able to throw the ball, they got they got they don't have Jalen Hale out wide. Did you see Jalen Hale was making plays for Alabama last week? What a freak show he is. but they have DeKalen Reese, who's a Division One recruit. I think Jeff Trailer's all over him at UTSA. They they got a guy who can, they can throw to, and they're dangerous. And when you've got a guy like Taylor Tatum in the backfield, you know it doesn't uh, doesn't take much to uh, to get get those receivers free. So yeah, Longview Longview looks good, and, and they're legit. And I think this is this is one of those games for Forney. I think we're going to find out just how where Forney stands. Yep. And. I think Longview is gonna gonna handle them, and I think they may handle them fairly easy. You know, you know, you know who the backup running back is for Longview. This is a great East Texas running back name, Buster Mumphrey. That rocks. If if I'm handing the ball to a guy named Buster, I bet he's pretty good. If so there's no way, like all due respect, there's no way that Buster Mumphrey can play at San Saba. Like, no, he's no. got to play at Longview, he's be, or he's got to be east of thirty-five. Yeah, he's got to be. <laughs> I think he's got to be east of like Kaufman County. Like, he's got to be. Yeah. So yeah, he's got to be east of Kaufman County. So yeah, it, it just fits. So I think Longview handles Forney. Um, I'm not gonna say they're gonna blow him away, but I, I feel like Longview's gonna win this game comfortably. I'm just not sold on Forney. I'm sold on Forney as a good team, but I'm not sold on them as an elite team. I wanna, that's where Longview I want to believe. Love Fleener. Their offense is fine. Like that Kyle Crawford, their quarterback, nice little player. And Javen, you're right, that Javen Osborne yeah. is really, really good. 58 points a game. But you're right. The, they hadn't played a defense like this. No. And especially in the secondary. So they're going to need a big snootful. If they're going to win, Javen, Javen Osborne's got to go off and have like a career day. Yeah, and I think Forney's defense is going to have to win first down and put Longview in some obvious passing situations. Absolutely. Anyway, good pick. Long view. Shout out to Buster Mumphrey. Buster Mumphrey. Dude's rock. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. Look for it at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. Uh, yeah. You mentioned his name. We might as well go to his stadium. 7.30 p.m. Friday night. At Jeff Trailer oh, Stadium a segue. in Gilmer. 
It is a state-ranked 4A Division II matchup to open up 7-4A Division II. Yes, district opener for both teams. Yeah. And what a way to kick it off. Yeah, let's just get the best game out of the way right now. As the Pleasant Grove Hawks travel to Buckeye Stadium, or to formerly Buckeye Stadium, there's there's Adam. There's our boss. Oh, he's going to officiate. Look at it. See, we, 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 we... We talk the talk and walk the walk here at Dave Campbell's. We talk about the officiating shortage, and, and our boss, Adam Hockfelder, in the stripes, is going to officiate a game tonight. He's in the stripes. Hopefully he's not going to the Whitney Dallas Madison. We didn't even talk about that. Uh, we'll save that for the end. There you go. Yeah. There's a tease. Yeah. We're going to save that for the end. Um, Speaking of officials. Pleasant Grove and Gilmer. Two state-ranked powers. Uh, I am impressed with how much Pleasant Grove's offense has grown. I think that they... They've, we knew that this year they were going to have a lot of talent. But sometimes it's hard to find that fit. Mm-hmm. It's hard to make all the pieces fit right. And I think that they figured it out because they're letting Akari Johnson cook, and he's cooking. He's their, uh, their athlete. They got a quarterback, basically. But yeah. he's, a, he's a pretty darn good quarterback. He's not bad. He, let, not he's, bad. He's throw, he, he can throw it. I mean, I saw, I saw Pleasant Grove the game this year, and he throws the ball well. He's not going to be a quarterback at Arkansas, but he's plenty, plenty competent enough at the high school level. Uh, and the, the normal uh, things about a Josh Gibson coach defense applies, which is they're good, and mm-hmm. they're physical, and they're mean, and they separate you from the football. And Which is weird because Josh Gibson is the nicest dude. But they're a very physical ball club. On they the are. They are. It's a very odd thing. They hit you and then they smile at you. They and help you up. They invite you over for dinner. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> That's a very Josh Gibson thing right there. Let's talk about, let's talk about the, Gilmer, the Gilmer Buckeyes, who are the wildest. Entertaining. The wildest ride in Texas. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're a wild ride. I mean, they just. Okay. Their offense, unbelievable. Will Henderson is a, is, is a stud. He's a stud. Caden Tennyson, their quarterback, real good, real good. I think they still got a Fluellen. Uh, I think there's like Tennyson and Fluellens just yeah, running around all Gilmer. Over. Yeah. Their offense is off the charts. The defense gets the ball back to the offense quickly. <laughs> they do do that. Woof! They are not good. Are giving up, and when like when we say that defenses struggle. Normally, what we're talking about is like, boy, they're giving up like thirty-three points a game. Like, it's not or, good. Or they play one good team and, and they get beat. Yeah, they, you know, you know, yeah. like in like Gilmer played Chapel Hill and they gave up seventy-one to Chapel Hill, but they've also given up what forty-six to Lindale they and gave up seventy-one to Chapel Hill. They beat. They lost to Kilgore twenty-four twenty-three. Yeah. Although I wonder that was in week two. That was when we had all the weather, right? It might have been a weather. No, that was just that G- Kilgore kind of plays those kind of okay. muckety muck okay. kind of just drag okay. you into the mud game. Yeah, gave up forty to Paris, mm-hmm. gave up fifty six to Lindale, and then gave up sixty two to Walnut Grove. Mm-hmm. Now Walnut Grove can score. They can, but that means in the last three games, they have given up a hundred and fifty eight points. That seems bad. Suboptimal is what I would say. So this is one of those things where coming out of an open date, have they figured something out? Or can Pleasant Grove shoot themselves in the foot? Because here's the thing. I know which team I trust to get a stop. Oh, it's Pleasant Grove. And it's not close in that one. Yeah. Because Pleasant Grove's defense is like – 
capital G good. Like, yeah. They're giving up 13 points a game. Yeah. That's have, good. They have the Jacks, uh, Lance Jackson. They have um, uh, Torian Phillips. Yes. They have, um, oh, who's the running back that was committed to Oklahoma State that also plays on the defensive side of the ball? Um, I can't think of his name now, but they have, they have and they have, uh, Kari Johnson's out there in this, in, at safety running around, and they got, they got four D1 this, kids on defense. This is all I need to tell you, okay? This is all I need to tell you. They have a common opponent. They have both played Paris, mm-hmm. okay? Pleasant Grove beat Paris 45 nothing. Correct. Gilmer beat Paris 43-40. That was the that, – that game, Gilmer got the win because it was in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. but – that, there's, there was still like seven minutes left in that game. That game was in doubt. If there, if that is not the best encapsulation of why I think Pleasant Grove's going to win this game, yeah. I don't think I need to say anymore. I, I just think Pleasant Grove's defense is – I think Gilmer's going to score, uh-huh. but Pleasant Grove, I think, is going to get stops. They're, I, think they're gonna be, get, I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun as hell. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be – I think Pleasant Grove – I think if they get – They're just better. They're just better. They're more well-rounded team this I year. So. I think if they get four stops, they win the game. Yeah. And I think they're going to Anyway. And I don't think Gilmer's going to be able to get four stops on Pleasant Grove. I don't think so. Anyway, I like Gilmer and Pleasant Grove. What's your second pick, Matthew? <clears throat> we talk about what the best district in Texas is, and, and, and we talk about 21-6A, 11-6A. 4-1-A Division II. Yeah, yeah. Six-man, 7-5-A Division One. I'd like to make the case for 12-3-A Division One. This is a f- – you – uh-huh. Can I present to the court 12-3-A Division One? Oh, yeah. It's a five-team district, so it's not it's not deep with with teams. But there, there's four teams who are really really good in this district. Uh, we talked about Columbus. Uh, have you heard the good news about Hitchcock? Because I, I I witnessed Hitchcock Saturday, and let me tell you, um, they're not just good at seven on seven. And, Dude, you were you were in our Slack chat, and and there was a moment. I like reading between the lines where you were thinking, "Why am I here?" Oh, for sure. <laughs> but it, I, I was glad I, wa- I got yeah. to see Hitchcock because now I have a, a, a frame of reference. Um, Yoakum in Hallettsville. Uh-huh. Yoakum has the worst record of the bunch at four and two. I think I believe Hallettsville is five and one. Five and one. Uh, Hitchcock and Columbus are both six and zero. Oh, and here's Ding Dong Yoakum at four and two. Yoakum's two losses this year are by seven points each to Quero. Unbeaten. Unbeaten 4A yeah. and Waco La Vega in overtime. A good Division 4A, One D1. on the road. A top Lim- 20 4A D1. Yeah, top 20. Yeah, I say, I say La Vega is a top, top 20 4A Division One team. And that was also on the road. And let me tell you, it ain't easy to get from Yoakum to what? Nor- North Waco. Yeah. yeah, North Waco. We're not even talking about like South Waco. We're talking, mm-hmm. you got to go through Waco to get to La Vega. It's on the north side of Waco. That's a long trip. Yoakum lost in overtime 28 21. It's a really good Yoakum team. Well, two of those teams are playing each other this week. As Hitchcock, at six and zero, travels down to Yoakum to take on the four and two Yoakum Bulldogs. Battle of Bulldogs: Hitchcock's Red Bulldogs, Yoakum's Blue Bulldogs. So, if I say red and blue, you know, know who I'm talking yeah. about. Um, so, I, I saw Hitchcock last week uh, against Salado. They played on Saturday, so a little bit of a short week for Hitchcock. Uh, yeah, but their starters were out of the game at halftime. Uh, it was forty-five nothing at halftime. Hitchcock's skill talent is shocking for a 3A Division One team. It really is. They are so loaded at the skill positions. I mean, we're talking four, at least, Division One players with quarterback Lloyd Chubb-Jones. It's a great – is it Chubb or Chubby? I don't know. That, dude, that dude's awesome. He's, he's the, the winner of this week's He Got That Dog in Him Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damian McDaniel, the senior who's the UNLV commit, 
They got Bryce Dorsey out there, who's got a bunch of D one offers. And they have Kelshawn John. Kelshawn Johnson's got Penn State offer. Texas, like mm-hmm. big time schools, yeah. are after him. They had the uh, our friends at Catapult had the tracker on him. You know the ones they had at seven on seven. Kelshawn Johnson scored a sixty eight yard touchdown against Salado last week. Was clocked at twenty two point five miles per hour in football. A high school kid, a junior. In football pads, clocked at 22.5 miles per hour. That doesn't wow. seem – yeah, that's – what are we even doing here? Uh, they're they're loaded. Now, Hitchcock does have a weakness, and it's – well, two weaknesses. That's, that's still my concern. The kicking game, not great <laughs> in any facet. It's non-existent on extra points. They basically go for two every time. Their kickoff game is shaky um, and up front. Yeah. They're, I would say, at best average in the trenches. That's the one thing. Bugaboo. Now, can Yoakum exploit that? Yoakum's very athletic on their own. Now, there's not, they're not as, as athletic as Hitchcock, but Yoakum's got playmakers. And uh, Zach Taylor, the quarterback who moved in from Del Rio, Army commit, he's, he's made a world of difference for Yoakum. He's, he's turned them in from a good team to a, a borderline top 10 team in 3A Division One. Really, really good. Um, but the offense, a lot of the offense runs through Taylor. If you can, if you can find a way to slow Taylor down, you can handle Yoakum because everything runs through Taylor. Yeah. Hitchcock's a little different because Jones isn't counted on to run the ball very much. So really, what Hitchcock a lot of the time, their their version of a running game is snap it to Jones and then throw a screen to yeah. to Kelshawn Johnson or Damian McDaniel or Bryce Dorsey to let those guys go to work. Yoakum, a lot of quarterback run. Everything, a lot of downfield passes, everything goes through Taylor. That's the one difference. I think Hitchcock in this game zeroes in on Taylor, keeps him bottled up, and I don't know if Yoakum's going to be able to get a lot of stops against Hitchcock. So I think Hitchcock's going to get uh, – a Hitchcock – you know, the, the knock on Hitchcock before this year was they can't get out of Galveston County. They, you get them on the road, they really struggle. Well, they went to Refurio and beat Refurio. They just went to Bryan and beat a Class 4A team in Salado bad. So they've shown they can travel and play. So I think that, that narrative is, is out the door for Hitchcock. I think Hitchcock wins a competitive game, but I, th- I think they pull away in the second half. That district, by the way, this is the best week for that district because with all due respect to our friends at Hempstead, Hempstead's on an open date. So all four of them are playing each other, like all four of the contenders. Because the other game it's is Columbus and Hallettsville. Really good game. Yeah. And, dude, Columbus. They just beat Madisonville. They go Hallettsville at Hitchcock Yoakum in consecutive. Weeks. What a what a f- if Columbus can run the t- they, they could if not they, if they're te- if they finish undefeated. We gotta have a talk. We gotta have a talk. Yeah, they didn't finish it last year undefeated. No, they did. They lost to Hitchcock. Hitchcock beat him on a hail mary. Yeah. So we'll see if they can run 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 the run the gauntlet this this Good time. Pick. Hitchcock and Yoakum. You could take the other one too. Who knows? Still on the board. Matt Step. Let's go seven o'clock Friday night. To Tomball ISD Stadium. Ah, a stadium I've not been to, but I've heard is very I'm nice. A, I'm a man of taste. As you're, you're a very classy guy. The state-ranked and undefeated Tomball Memorial Wildcats welcome in the Klein Collins Tigers. Is Klein Collins ranked? They were ranked. They were they ranked. Fell, they lost to Summer Creek and fell from yes. the rankings. They um, kind of got – Summer Creek kind of beat them bad. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. Uh, for a at least the Catbird seat – in top, we'll talk about this, but Tomball Tom Memorial is about to go through the the gauntlet. They're running their gauntlet now they in 14-6A? Because they're going to get Klein Collins this week and they get Tomball next week. And they just got – they played – it was two weeks ago they played uh, um, uh, Klein Kane. Yeah, they played Klein Kane two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
let's talk about Collins for a moment. Klein Collins uh, has another dude's rock candidate. Because mm-hmm. Tucker Parks, the Western Kentucky commit, this guy, th- like, this is a man who sparks joy. He, like, He's fun to watch. Watching him play football is fun. Yeah. Three-year starter, in complete command of this offense, just out there having fun. <laughs> Guys being dudes. Yeah. I like, mean, who doesn't want, who doesn't like that, you know? You, you remember the story about, about him earlier in the year where he threw the interception our, our friend Hudson Standish loved this story, but the, he throws the interception against Pearland Dawson, and the kid for Dawson runs it back, and Tucker Parks like blasts him on the sideline, and the Pearland Dawson coaches are calling wanting an unnecessary roughness on the on quarterback. The quarterback. That's that is a dude's rock player right he's there. A, he's a dual threat. He's great in the pocket. When he hangs yeah. in the pocket, he's really fun. But he can he can take off with it too. And, they, and they, Klein Collins kind of runs like they they throw in some flex bone elements yep. to their offense they're kind of hard to prepare for they're kind of quirky with their offense they are adrian mitchell runs a runs a fun team they're a fun team to watch and they can beat you in a variety of different ways if there was a dude's rock team klein collins, klein collins might, might be, be a candidate team. as a dude's rock but team. they got a, a running back in michael wilson like they're they're fun they're just a fun team defense playing pretty well mm-hmm. kind of a known commodity because they're four and one they have been they've got a nice win over magnolia Magnolia, mm-hmm. and then they they did get blasted into the sun by Summer Creek. We think Summer Creek is potentially elite. Right? Yeah, top ten team. Yeah, yes, exactly. This game is not about Klein Call. With all due respect to the Tigers, so we know what they are. I think. Yeah, I think we have a pretty good beat on them. This is about Tom Ball Memorial, mm-hmm. and this is about a prove it. Much like we're talking about Forney, this is proving it because they are five and zero. Oh, Against opponents that are combined, eight and seventeen. Yeah, Klein Kane's Klein Kane's their best win by far. By and this far. is this is not vintage Klein Kane. This no. is a good Klein Kane team. Um, but this two game stretch, Collins and Tomball, this will tell the tale. Like this will mm-hmm. really, this will be the real test. Um, they are spoiler alert for the picks video. If you are thinking of Tomball Memorial and you're like, oh, they're like a new ish team they've been around for about 10 years i bet they run some kind of like newfangled like like scheme it's like no they're kind of old school they are running game and their defense like they could throw the ball a bit their quarterback aiden uh aiden martin is solid and he had a nice game uh when they lit up klein kane but also in klein kane against klein kane they ran for 250 yards yeah mm-hmm. they're gonna line it up and run at you uh travion green their running back it's really strong Really strong. And their defense is allowing just 11 points a game uh, with Jaden Ellis kind of leading the way at the, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. At, the, at the safety spot. Or not, the, the, he's up front. This is, again, this is the moment here for Tom Ball Memorial. Mm-hmm. You're state-ranked. You're undefeated. The, the, the resume is lacking a signature win. If you go out there and you beat Klein Collins... It sets up a big showdown next week with Tom Ball. Oh, man. And, that's going to be a big one. Yeah. And then that's kind of for the district title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so this is a prove-it week for Tom Ball Memorial. How excited should we be? If you go out there and you beat Klein Collins, we're mm-hmm. real excited. You go out there and you lose, eh. Yeah. Collins is certainly good enough to beat them. They are. I think Memorial's going to do it, man. Yeah, it's a game that's going to be going to be di- I think dictated by tempo. Mm-hmm. I think this Con- Collins wants to keep this. They want to live in the twenties. Yep. I think Tom Ball would like to get it up in the thirties, forties because they have more firepower. Yes, so, I agree. Uh, fun fact: I am uh, Tom Ball Memorial head coach Sam Parker is a former high school basketball opponent of mine. Oh, really? 
He's a graduate of Cleburne. His dad's Dennis Parker, former UNT right. head coach. Uh-huh. Yeah, me and Sam Parker played against each other, and we had some battles. You cross them up. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, 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 had had to do it to him. Had, had, had to do it to him. Yeah, a head fake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Former <laughs> former Cleburne Yellow Jacket Sam Parker there. Be a fun game. Tom Bob Memorial and Klein Collins. What is your third pick, Matthew? Uh, I'm gonna st- good week in Houston. It is a good week in Houston. I'm staying in Houston, but uh, how about a Thursday night game at Galena Park ISD Stadium, live on Texan Live. This is a nice little Thursday night treat. As uh, a lot of Thursday night action this week, I think I think I tweeted out eight of the top twenty-five teams in six A are in action Thursday this Love week. It. And this is the best game Thursday night. This this is the game of the night Thursday night in Texas, as the six A number two team in the state, the Galena Park North Shore Mustangs host the number ten ranked Humble Summer Creek Bulldogs in a battle of undefeated teams. And uh, yeah, twenty-one six A the race North Shore they they. They had a state-ranked team last week and dispatched of C.E. King relatively easy, 42-6. to They're going to get a tougher test this week for sure. As Summer Creek, I think, is better across the board. They're better defensively. I think they're better. This is just a better team all around. A little bit more of a test this week. But, man, Caleb Bailey for North Shore. And you, you can watch the game last week and see that they haven't fully unleashed him yet. And they haven't needed to. No. You know, DeAndre Hardiman, Chris Barnes, the UNT commit, had a big game last week in their 42-6 win over C.E. King. And Deion DeBlanc didn't even play. He was hurt. I'm hearing DeBlanc's going to be back this week. The the four-star uh, junior wide receiver should be back this week for North Shore. So, I, oh, by the way, we're just going to give Caleb Bailey another weapon. Cool. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. Cool beans. And what's been good about North Shore this year is their defense, which – doesn't have other than Devin Sand. Other than this, the secondary is really, really good. Yeah. North Shore secondary might be the best in the state. Their front seven is a little not as big and as dominating as they have been in the past. But they're so fast, they're so well coached, they're so physical. They they found ways to make up for it. And their defense has been really good. Um, all all think all good things for North Shore and Willie Gaston and that and that program. They're 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 looking like we think they look, and they're looking like a team that's probably going to be a, a favorite to play for a state championship. Mm-hmm. Preseason, I liked Summer Creek a lot. I actually picked them to win win Region Three and Six A Division Two. Talking a lot of mess. And let me tell you, right now I'm sticking my chest out. I'm I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about things. Uh, they they blow past Humble forty two to fifteen, and really the score doesn't indicate how dominant Summer Creek was. This this was the thirty five to three game at halftime, and quarterback Blake Thomas had four touchdowns in the first half, three passing, one rushing. Summer Creek's defense, which is Lights out was really good, and they got this done without Lloyd Avant. The Tulsa commit at running back has been out. I think Avant is going to play this week. He's going to try to go, so that's a big boost for Summer Creek as well. Summer Creek's defense is going to be by far North Shore's biggest test of the year. Um, interested to see how this goes. I think North Shore does have to play their starters into the se- well into the second half and maybe even into the fourth quarter. Wow! But I think yeah, I know right. It's, yeah, I don't think North Shore's had to do that yet this year. Yeah, uh, and so I think North Shore does get the win, and they they, they win you know fairly comfortably. But it's going to be Summer Creek's going to keep it competitive and keep this thing interesting. And I think what it, that's going to say about Summer Creek, especially knowing they're going to go Division Two, is that they can be competitive with North Shore, push them a little bit. I think that cements Summer Creek's status as one of the favorites in Region 3, in Division 2. Yeah. If they can hang with them, then I think that that would say a lot about Summer Creek. But I think you're – like, I don't know. We talked about this on TFT today, but, like, I just draw a gap. I draw a line between North Shore and Duncanville 
and then maybe DeSoto, right? We'll find out how DeSoto matches mm-hmm. up with Duncanville in a couple weeks. But, like, as far as 6A teams are concerned, they look like the cream of the crop. They look like those two those two teams, Duncanville and North Shore, just are on a different level. Agree. They're, I got to see one of them bleed first. Yeah. <clears throat> I think a guy told me last year when they watched Duncanville and North Shore in the state championship game, they're just playing a different game than everyone else. It's just a different level of football, and it's continued in 2023. Yep. All right, Matthew. Let's go. 7 o'clock Friday night at Happy State Bank Stadium in Canyon as the District 2-4A Division II opener. And, again, one of those district openers where you can make an argument. You don't have to talk me into this being the district title game. As the Canyon West Plains Wolves welcome in the unbeaten and very quiet, under-the-radar Seminole Indians Mm -hmm. who are, again, very quietly playing some good ball. They are 6-0, and they can score, okay? This team is averaging 52 points a game, and they are humming, okay? Their quarterback, uh, Wyatt Holmstrom, Really good. He has a ton of weapons on the outside. They got a kid. I think I need to put powers on. Logan McCormick. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's a prospect, but he needs to be. Mm-hmm. This guy's fun. Logan McCormick. A ton of weapons on the outside there for Seminole. They can get going. Now, there are two concerns about Seminole. One is who have you played? Their mm-hmm. best win right now is probably at Andrews or at Shallow Water, but that's a 3A. I'd say it's probably at Andrews. Yeah. They won 34-26. Mm-hmm. Good win. Don't apologize for winning, but the, who have you played? And also, when the chips are down, can you stop somebody? Because their defense has been fine yeah. against mm-hmm. middling competition. Here's West Plains. West Plains, here's a fun fact for you that'll take five seconds. For the fourth time in five games, West Plains will be playing an undefeated team. That's crazy. Week three, they played Canyon when Canyon was 2-0. Okay. Week five, they played Lubbock Estacado when Estacado was 4-0. I think. Yeah, they were 4-0 at the time, yeah. And last week, they played Hereford when they were 5-0. Mm-hmm. And now they play Seminole, who's 6-0. They've played undefeated teams. And by the way, they've sent all of them home with an L. Yeah, they've run a little bit of a gauntlet here, and it hasn't always been pretty, but they've all ended up in the left-hand column. I Reed Macon, their quarterback, their sophomore quarterback. Yeah, he's so good. He's fun, man. Yeah, he's, he's another dude who rocks. Yeah, and they've already got a thousand-yard <clears throat> rusher in Jordy Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Their offense is, is rolling. Yeah, they got they got my guy King Talent. King Talent. This team is this yeah. team is this team. Got dudes, and they're fun to watch. They're rolling right now. Flying high. Lost that opener to Bushland, and we all go, oh, no, did we oversell Bushland? Mm-hmm. Or did we oversell West Plains? Since then, they've gotten their wheels back on, and they're 5-1. and one. They win this one, they're going 9-1. and Because the rest mm-hmm. of that district, Leveland, shout out. Uh, shout, out shout out. Shout out La Leong. Uh, and Matt Wilson, out. yeah. But Leveland, Perryton, and Borger, they're going to probably beat all three. Yeah, this, okay? this is this the, is the, the gap between these two and the rest of the district is this significant. Is yeah. And 
I think that, again, everything's right out in front of them. They win this game. They are favorites in Region 1? Like I said, it's Short it's list. there's three teams in yeah. Region One I'm looking at, and they they win this. You know, if Seminole wins this game, they move into that. They yes, move they into do. that group. Absolutely. But right now, it's a three team race with West Plains, Monahans, and Graham. So it's a district championship game right now on two eight two four eight division two. Uh, I like West Plains, especially at home. It's about which defense I trust more. I trust West Plains' defense mm-hmm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Their defense hasn't been amazing, but it's been good enough, and they're certainly more tested. And so I think Agreed. that's what's going to get them the win. So I like. West Plains and Seminole. What's your fourth pick, Matthew? Uh, I'm going to go down to the Snake Farm, Hood County, as the five and one Coleman Blue Cats take on the four and one Toler Rattlers. Good mascot matchup. Right? It is a good matchup, ma- mascot matchup, and I think the district title in five two A Division One is on the line in this game. I think these are clearly the two best teams in that district, yeah. and uh, I'll tell you what. Credit to Toler. You know, we got on here a couple weeks ago when Toler played Comanche. And uh, we both pretty much said oh, Comanche's going to beat Toller. Toller doesn't have Peyton yep. Brown. They don't have enough playmakers. Comanche's going to beat him. And Toller turned around and, and beat Comanche and then uh, posted our predictions on the wall in the locker room. So got to tip the cap to Toller in that one. They, they bested us. And uh, they've been really good since then. They yeah. rolled past Hamilton 38 nothing last week. Um, you know, it's 28 nothing at halftime. Toller hits, hits cruise control. Their defense is suffocating against Hamilton, and I think what's what's impressed me about Toller is they found you know losing your stud running back in Peyton Brown, they found some offensive balance. They're throwing the ball a little bit more. They're using they're utilizing their other weapons, and their defense has picked up the slack as well. Their defense has played better. This is a, this is a team right now. If you're asking me who's going to win Region Two and Two A Division One, I, I think it's Toller. They're, they're my favorite to win the region right now. You know, with Crawford being down, yeah. I, th- I think. You I mean, know, well, I, well, I mean, we we entered the season saying it was Toller and Crawford. Yeah, right? and, and Toller's right there, and Crawford's taking a step, taking back, a step so. back. So I think I think that's yeah. exactly right. Now, could Coleman move into that to, to move into that uh, group of challengers? Because this is a really good Coleman team. It has a win over Lano, by the way, and that's a much bigger school. And they beat Lano. They're five and one. Um, the interesting thing about Coleman this year. They beat San Saba last week, forty to twenty-six. Uh, Jaden Jackson, their senior uh, stud, who played quarterback as a sophomore and a junior, has moved to basically running back receiver. And Coleman's throwing the ball around a little bit more. They 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 threw for over two hundred yards last week in the win. Uh, Hunter Lackey had three touchdown catches in the win for the the Blue Cats. And then Jaden Jackson runs for 150 yards. He has 88 yards. Or like they're just moving Jackson around and creating matchup problems for them. And I think it's made them tougher offense to defend because when Jackson was at quarterback, people could just kind of zero in on Jackson and kind of just say, okay, we're going to take him away. Somebody else has got to beat us. Well, when Jackson's moving around, they can, they can kind of create mismatches with Jackson. I think that's, that's made Coleman's offense a little bit better. Toller is, in essence, a 3A school playing in 2A at the moment. They're going to move up to 3A in realignment. Coleman is a very small 2A Division One, probably borderline dropping to Division Two. Toller's going to have numbers. They're going to be better up front, I think, on both sides of the ball. And they're at home. So I think all those factors, I, I give the edge to Toller. Jackson's going to make a couple plays, keep, Tol- keep Coleman in it. I think Toller's just got a little bit too much. So give me the Rattlers in this one. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. Um, I can I can get on board with that. I think it's a I think it's a fun matchup between Toler and Coleman, and and I think that you're right. They have to be. It's funny, like we're kind of right back where we were. Of like it's Toler, 
probably to win the region. And who am I missing in Region 1? It's either Holly, Stanford. Holly's down this year. Stanford, Stratford. And, you know, Toller, you could see them in. I, you don't squint a lot no. to see Toller at AT&T Stadium. No, there is really a chance. They're, they're, they're for real. They're for real. All right, Matt Stepp. My fourth pick, I'm going a little bit off the board here. Okay. Just a tiny, teeny bit off the board to talk about one of the most confusing games of the week. Okay. Let me make sure I get this right. Hold on. You are listening to live coverage of me seeing when this game is. This is going down 7 o'clock Friday night at Antler Stadium in Kerrville. Okay. As the 4-1 San Antonio Piper Warriors. Second year program. Visit the 5-1 Kerrville Tyvee Antlers as we try our damnedest to figure out District 13-5A Division 2. I can't figure it out. It's... It is. The, it's, what it, if nobody's good? It's it's a weird district. Like you know, before the season, we're all like, "Oh, Liberty Hills is going to run away with this thing." Eh, not so much. Liberty Hills had some problems this year. And by the way, they might lose to Veterans Memorial this week. Yeah, Veterans I, Memorial is good enough to beat them. Yeah, Liberty Hills sitting here at three and three after back-to-back losses to Rouse and Tyvee. Yeah, this district uh, of the I think what is it? Um, Piper and Veterans Memorial are one and zero, oh, and then there's four teams at one and one. Right. But if we, like, we were so, the funny thing is, we were so close, so close to having clarity on this district. We were like, Liberty Hill is the X factor right in the middle. Maybe they're better than their record indicates, but they're the team that's that's, that's gone there. Mm -hmm. But at the top, it's Tyvee, and it's Veterans Memorial, and it's Piper. And they're going to go, and they're going to settle it out, and maybe Liberty Hill will get better, and they'll Mm -hmm. nip one of them, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then last week... Kerrville Tyvee goes to Bastrop and gets beat by 19. Yeah, Bastrop kind of handled them. Jake Greedle's squad did a number on them. They handled them just like Tyvee couldn't hold on to the football. I think they turned the ball over like four or five times. Uh, there was a quote from David Jones from Tyvee. Quote, he gave this to the, uh, the Kerrville Daily, Daily Times. Quote, we got our butts kicked tonight. We just have to go back to work. Uh, yeah, direct and to the point. They kind of did, um, but they were like, like, jewel, like they tried to figure out this offense. The offense just kind of got like thrown asunder last week. They kind of run out a few different quarterbacks. I think it was Cade Jones was out there last week playing quarterback for them, and they so they're they're trying to figure out quarterback. They haven't been able to run the ball all that much. They got a running back in, in Aiden Varwick who's okay. They got to figure things out because they are staring. One and two in district play in the face. Mm-hmm. Is this Piper team? I think, Pretty good. I think they're serious. Yeah, I think they're serious. And there's no, there's no question about what Piper wants to do. If they want to throw the ball with mm-hmm. Jake South, they want to drop back and throw the ball and get the ball out to guys like Nolan Doss and to Josh Trakan. They want to sling it around the yard, and they're pretty good at it. Their offense, pretty darn good, scoring 44 points a game. By the way. They hung sixty three on Bastrop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. the one that, like they're a weird team to figure out too. This whole district is they're just this par they, for the course in this district. They have a narrow loss to Davenport, right? They have a pretty big win over Hallettsville, which is good until you remember Hallettsville is a three A team. Mm-hmm. 
And then they got trounced by Wimberley, which what do you do with that? Yeah. But they also trounced Leander Glenn, who's fine? I don't know. These are two mystery box teams in a mystery box district. Mm -hmm. And I'm just... I have almost no expectations for this game. I don't have a read. I don't have a read no. on it. It's just it's a hard district. I mean, I think we're gonna need at least. I mean, I gotta do playoff projections in a couple of weeks, and I got no idea what no the hell. No idea. Like trying to project out the rest of this district is impossible. This is a total mystery box game between two mystery box teams in a mystery box district. Yeah. And we'll start to sort it out this week, but don't hold your breath. Like. Yeah, I think we're we're gonna be get your tiebreaker scenarios ready in this district. Like, let's put it this way. Piper's got Piper. Computer has Piper by thirteen in this game. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. I could also see Tyvee winning this game, like going away. <laughs> you could see Tyvee by twenty-eight. Absolutely. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. You just have no idea. I have no idea in this game. So have fun. It'll be fun. It'll what, be what are the other games in this district this week? The other games this week: uh, Liberty Hill and Veterans Memorial. And okay. I can tell you, dude, if Veterans Memorial beats Liberty Hill, it is time to start sounding the alarm yeah. on the Panthers because the Panthers still have to play. Bastrop and Piper at the end of the year. Yeah. Bastrop's got the one, Cedar Creek's the one team that's kind of down bad. Bastrop's got Cedar Creek this week. Lockhart. Who does Lockhart have? Lockhart is open this week. Lockhart's they got the bye. Ba- I mean, they barely lost to San Antonio Adventures so tomorrow in a game I put on upset watch, by the way, last yeah, week. Yeah, Bastrop, Cedar Creek, Tyvee, and uh, Tyvee's playing. Ba- Tyvee's playing. Uh, you just talked about it. Yeah, Tyvee's playing. Piper. Uh, Piper. And then Liberty Hill's playing it Vet- Veterans Memorial. It is a bizarro right? district. Yeah. And one that I'm sure it's not the last week we talked about. No. Anyway, I like Piper and Tyvee. What's your fifth and final pick, Matthew? This is a tough one. There's some good games. There's some good games. I'm going to go 7 o'clock Friday night to the Tall City. Hmm. Formerly Grande Communications Stadium. Now, uh, I believe it's called Astound Broadband Stadium. I'm not, I'm, I'm not Hopefully, our Astound Broadband, if you want to advertise with Dave Campbell's I'd Texas Football. I'd be happy football. to call it then. Yeah. com. Don't ask him to spell Klanik. That's like yeah. a... Oh, it's <laughs> it's impossible. There's like a rogue C in we it. Just, we need to, what we need to do is just... Change Rudy's email to scoops at texasfootball.com. Texasfootball.com. Yeah. Um, unbeaten, 5-0, Wolford Friendship comes to town to take on the 4-1 Midland Legacy Rebels in a big District 2-6A opener, and I think a game that's going to decide the district title right off the bat. These are the two best teams in this district, in my opinion. And um, if you like points and want to see a pointsy game, Midland might be the place to be Friday night. These, two, these are two teams that can score. And... For friendship, what impressed me the most in their last outing two weeks ago was not just that they that Hudson Hutchison, you know, threw for seven thousand yards and seventeen touchdowns, four touchdowns and three hundred twenty two yards, but he's he's put up big numbers all year. But friendship's defense pitched a shutout against Rio Rancho Cleveland. And you might be going, Who the hell is Rio Rancho Cleveland? Well, they're in New Mexico. But they're in New Mexico power. Yes. They are suburban Albuquerque, very affluent school win a lot of state championships in New Mexico. They're they're I was told they're the equivalent of a of a good six A team in Texas. And friendship beat them thirty five nothing. Pretty impressive win for the Friendship Tigers. Um now, going on the road, to take on Midland's a different deal though. Middle Legacy, um not Midland, Middle Legacy. Uh Middle Legacy's got their own great quarterback, Marcos Davila, the Purdue commit. Uh big time player Midland Legacy is going to throw the ball around. 
But what's impressed me the most about Middle Legacy this year is they got the running game going. Damian Johnson has given them balance. They've got a couple of other backs they rotate in. 201 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Two weeks ago as they beat Converse Judson, he had a kickoff return for a touchdown. That running game is really what makes Midland Legacy dangerous. It makes them t- tough to stop. I think the first one to 50 wins this game. It's going to be a shootout. Pointsy. I like Midland Legacy at home, and this could have seating implications. Midland Legacy is a borderline D1. Friendship's going D2 for sure. Yeah. Legacy could go Division Two if the right teams make the playoffs. It's likely they go Division One, so it could be for seating. But – I know Clint Hartman. Clint Hartman wants that district championship. Oh, yeah, he does. He, he, he wants it. He wants to send me a Texas as the Rebs are back. Right back baby. So I like Midland Legacy in a, in a, in a shootout. Uh, first one to 50 wins. It's a good pick. i got to figure out where I'm going here. Golly. All right, I know where I'm going. Matt Step. Let's go to Atascosa County. To the county seat of Atascosa County which is Jordanton, America, mm-hmm. as 7.30 p.m. 7.30? 7 o'clock, Friday night. When in doubt, we'll say 7. Show up at the sh- if in doubt, show up at 7. If the game starts at 7.30, you're going to get a good seat. Yeah, get a hot dog. Support, your, support the Booster Club. At Indian Stadium on Zanderson Avenue in Jordanton. As a battle of unbeatens, a rare battle of unbeatens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a district opener and... This is Will Wilkerson territory a here. District 14 3A Division One title match. I think. Yeah. Lytle. I just got to see that offense get going. Yeah, they're not good enough offensively. That's my they're a good story, but. Yeah. Yeah. As the Jordanton Indians welcome in the Hondo Owls. Um, Jordanton is off to a 5 0 start. The, the game they're probably hanging their hat on right now is a win over. Goliad? Yeah, or Pleasanton. Those are both pretty mm-hmm, decent mm-hmm. wins. Nice little wins. Um, did they beat Pleasanton? They did. Oh, man. That was, that was why Will Wilkerson was so mad the other day. Losing, you can't lose to your cross-county rivals there. You know, Pleasanton and Jordanton, that's a rival. You throw the records out the window. Uh, but Jordanton is looking pretty good. Quarterback Matt Hicks, not the Rangers uh, play-by-play guy, um, is put, they're putting up big numbers. Um, he threw 204 yards, two touchdowns last week in San Antonio Kennedy, which is a 5A school, right? Uh, another 4A now. 4A? Yeah. San Antonio Kennedy. But rolled up. They had almost 600 yards total offense. They were fabulous in this game. The offense, no notes for Daryl Andrews and company. They were really good. On the Hondo side, Hondo is probably still – I would. let me ask you this. Last week against Bandera, is that their best one of the year? Or uh, two, I guess two weeks ago, they had an open date. Yeah. That's the win over Bandera? Yeah, Hondo's schedule hasn't exactly been full of, you know, murderers it's row. It's weird because, like, like, they played Divine, and Divine's good for a – not a great for a good for a They played Brackettville, who's a pretty good 2A, right? I don't know. They played Marion, who's a middling 3A. It's a weird, it's a weird non-district schedule. They're scoring about 40 points a game, and they have been – Really good offensively. They they jumped out to a big lead against Bandera and kind of coasted the rest of the way. This is a test. I think I think this is the best test for both defenses so far this year, and it's for a district championship. And by the way, let me do a little bit of quick math here. Who would they see in the first? They play. They see District Thirteen in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, so that's that's the Lano Randolph Blanco, Blanco district. district. Yeah, probably want 
to finish as high as possible because Randolph's looking pretty good. I think Big Rand- game gets Lano this week. I think they're going to beat Lano. I think Randolph's going to beat Lano too. I think they're going to go. I think, I think Randolph's going to go ten and zero. Dude, that win over Blanco last week was really impressive. Yeah, the Rohawks are for real. They're for real. The defense. Is so yeah. Blanco or Lano, you 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 better finish first because you don't want to you don't want to play Lano no. or Blanco in the first no, round. No, 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 no. You want to take on like Cole or. Yeah, probably Cole or maybe Marion figures it out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all that's to say, the winner of this game is going to be in the catbird seat for the district championship and look and looking like a, a contender. I think I like Jordanton in this one. I think they've got the offense that's going to be able to get past the uh, the Hondo defense. But a fun district title game down there between Hondo and Jordanton in 3A. So that is our Week 7 draft. Step took Forney, Longview, Hitchcock, Yoakum, North Shore, Summer Creek, Toller, Coleman, and Legacy and Friendship. Midland Legacy and Friendship. I took Gilmer, Pleasant Grove, Tomball Memorial, Klein Collins, Canyon West, Plains and Seminole, San Antonio Piper, Kerrville, Tyvee, and Hondo and Jordanton. Now it's time for our hipster game of the week. Matt Step, what is your hipster game of the week? It's a battle of one in five teams, Greg Tepper. Boy, nothing gets me fired up more. As uh, Friday night in Fairfield, as the one in five and one in one in district Fairfield, Fairfield Eagles take on the one in five and one in one Mahia Black Cats in a rivalry game in Freestone County. Uh, these are old rivals, long time. They're right right down the road from each other. They know each other well. I'm sure half the kids in these teams are related. They're probably cousins. They know each other well. It's a big rivalry game. And I th- Greg Tepper, I'm I'm going to submit to you an 8-3A Division One. This is a game for the fourth and final playoff spot. Mm, yeah, we love those games. Mahia's one in five, but I got to talk to Aaron now about their schedule. <laughs> their, their schedule is ridiculous. They played China Spring, Franklin, Waco, Conley in non-district. Like, come on, why? Yeah, bro, chill. Yeah, Fairfield's schedule is pretty tough too. They played Rusk in Madisonville. So it's not like they played a bunch of scrubs either. So these two teams, I think, are better, classic better than their record indicates teams right now. And I think they're clearly this is this is the battle for fourth place. I think the winner is going to be in the playoffs. The loser is in big, big trouble. Because let me be frank. Let me be frank with you, Greg Tepper. Okay. Be frank. Um, nobody in this district's beating Malakoff. What? Just yeah. saying. I know it's on a limb. And Teague is probably or Tig is probably the second best team in this district by a decent margin. So then you get into Grossbeck. Grossbeck already has a, a nice win over Mejia. I, I think this game is for fourth place. The winner of this game, I think, can go ahead and book a ticket to the playoffs. I think the loser is probably done. So this is kind of my hipster game of the week. Uh, two one and five teams basically playing for their season on Friday night. It's a good pick. My hipster game of the week. We're going to 2A Division 2, to region number 3, in District 11, 2A Division 2. And you got a couple choices here for Hipster Game of the Week. Mm-hmm. But my Hipster Game of the Week is going down at 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock, Friday night, at Coach Chester Roy Stadium in Overton. I've been there. Matt Step, tell your children about the undefeated Overton Mustangs. I will. 5-0 and oh for Coach Scotty Layman's and company. And kind of looking good. Mm-hmm. Like, their schedule has not been 
elite, right? They, they, they. Uh, I believe none of their teams they've beaten have a winning record. Correct. But now, they take on what I think is their biggest test of the, of the year, and that is against the Cushing Bearcats. And Cushing is a district opener for all these teams. And I'll say this: when you take a look at this district, Tenahaw's in this district, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Price Carlisle, we feel like is still going to get it together, right? I think you've got five teams, Overton, Tenahaw, Cushing, Mount Enterprise, and Price Carlisle. All due respect, Alto, I'm not seeing it this year. Sorry. Well, Alto's ineligible for the playoffs. Oh, that's anyway. right. Anyway, yeah. all that's to say, you've got these five teams, and I think every week you're going to have a game that's kind of must win. I think if you are Overton and you're 5-0, and but you go 5-1 and after this week, you're going, uh-oh. Because you've still got big lifts to go. You're still going to have to play Ten Hall. You're still going to play Price Carlisle. You're still going to have to play Mount Enterprise. Get a win in this one, and you feel a lot better about making the playoffs for mm-hmm. Overton. Cushing is 3-2 and two on the year. Cush, uh, Cushing uh, is their, their – they've been okay. Their, their losses on the year are to Deweyville, who's 4-1, and one, going pretty well. And they lost to Union Grove, who's kind of a surprise out of, uh, out of 2A as well right now. I, but they're, they're probably hanging their hat right now over a season opening win over Cayuga. This is an early positioning game in a wide-open district because if you think Tenaha and Price Carlisle have fallen back to the pack, I think Overton can say, nope, in a, musical, in a five-team musical chairs, they can grab a seat if they beat Cushing this week. Mm-hmm. And Cushing feels the same way. If you beat Overton, you're feeling pretty well. So I'm not saying it's a straight-up t- playoff game, but I do think that the winner of this game is going to feel a lot better about their position going forward. So my hipster game of the week is Cushing at Overton. There you go. That is your hipster game of the week. There Next you go. Up, where are you going this week? Uh, do you want to talk about the uh, the big news? Oh first? yeah, we t- we we tease this. Um, yeah. yeah, let's talk about. We don't love talking about stuff like this because it's, we like celebrating Texas high school football. But um, oh, it's big enough news. We should bring it up. Yes. Um, so this went viral on Friday night mm-hmm. of a game. In a game between that is on everybody's radar. Yeah, <laughs> um, we all had this one on the radar. Uh, between Whitney and Dallas uh, Madison, uh, there was an incident in which uh, a a player, linebacker David Haynes III, the son of Whitney coach David Haynes mm-hmm. Jr., uh, was playing linebacker and he was kind of flowing to the football, and he collided with the umpire, mm-hmm. the official. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened before or really during this event. But at that point, it sure appeared appeared that the official somehow came to grasp Haynes' face mask mm-hmm. and essentially pulled his helmet off. Correct. That I'm trying to give as balanced and as, like, yeah. honest and fair of, like, benefit of the doubt for everybody involved that's what we know based on, yeah. on, on the video. The video, you, you can watch the video and see, make your own that's conclusions. What, that's what it sure it's, looks like to yeah. me. Now, uh, then David Haynes III kind of turns to the, this goal calling on video, of course. Yeah. Multiple angles. Uh, David Haynes kind of turns, David Haynes III t- kind of turns, kind of throws up his hands uh, at, the, at the, the sideline, then kind of turns and looks at the official. Like, appears, <laughs> appears to say something like, what the H do? What the hell? Yeah, like, I, which I would have said the same thing. At which point the official throws a flag, uh-huh. and, and David Haynes III is ejected mm-hmm. from the game. Mm-hmm. 
The UIL came out, we're recording this Monday, the UIL came out today and said that they have reviewed the tape. They are still reviewing the tape, mm -hmm. but in the interim, they have... They, I don't think they have the ability to suspend an official, do they? I don't think so. I, I think I they think have to go through Tasso, but they have yes. a very tight relationship with Tasso. Yes. And so I believe Tasso is pulling him from any games, suspending him functionally, mm -hmm. until a full investigation can be done. Mm -hmm. And David Haynes III's ejection has been reversed, which means he can play in the first half of their game this week against Dallas Carter. Carter. Correct. Uh, no, Life Oak Cliff. Life Oak Cliff, thank you. Yeah. Dallas Life Oak Cliff. Yeah. That's um, what we know. Yes. We... Now. So, so a couple things here. We, we, we don't know the name of the official. That has not been released. People are asking, why did you release the kid's name and not the official's name? Well, number one, the kid's mother posted the video and Correct. said it was her son. So, and in his, his, you can tell. I mean, it's his number... There was no secret there. We don't right. know who the official is. I, I, if we knew who the official was, we would we would say we would be fair and, and name Correct. his name as well. We, well. we don't know his name. So um, the video, I, I I reacted to the video Friday night, and I thought it was uh, a. I said the official. I thought that was unacceptable, and that the official should be held accountable. I just did not see any way that that could have been some sort of accident. Personally, um, that's just me editorializing there, but. I, I, I am happy with the UIL. I talked to David Haynes Saturday. I talked to Marcus Gates, Dallas Madison head coach Saturday. Both coaches felt like there was nothing leading up to that that would have – you know, sometimes linebackers and officials get tangled up, um, and sometimes they're – you know, people can get upset and, you know, a little chipping on purpose, that kind of thing. According to, to both coaches, there was no warning given, no sort of, of, of referees that were saying during the course of the game, hey, your linebacker's chipping me too much. Yeah. He needs to watch where he's going, you know, that kind that, of thing. Because anybody who watches football, the umpire is the one who stands in the, in middle, the middle of the line. They're in the line of fire. They're in the line of fire. Yeah. And – from what I understand, I'd love to talk with our friend Bill Theodore and some of our friends at Tasso about this, but there is a protocol, which is you kind of let the guy know, be like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Give him a nudge. Mm -hmm. It's okay to give him a nudge, but, like, that's where it has to end. And then yeah. at that point, you kind of – nobody need, nobody wants to seed ground, yeah. but there needs to be – we need to find a way to pass traffic here. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's you're, you're in a lot of fire, and there's been I've, – I've taught some coaches who, who are like, man, we really – we don't need an umpire in that position. Like, we can move him out of the way and put him in a different position, that kind of thing. And there's – I think it's a worthy discussion to have. Yeah. I felt – I feel like um, – and look, you know, I've I've actually met Trey Haynes. He's a great kid. And, and generally speaking, he's a, he's a coach's kid. He's the son of the head coach at Whitney. I would say most most of the time, coaches' kids are generally some of your most most well behaved. Generally, there's always exceptions to the rule, but generally speaking, coaches' kids are the most well behaved. Yes, sir, they're yes, like sir. yeah, they're like coaches on the field. They're yeah. they're they're going to be your better kids. So some people to say, oh well, you know, he was probably doing this on purpose. I find it hard to believe personally, just knowing what I know about the situation. So um, I'm I think this is the right move by the UIL and Tasso um, to take this official off the field while they investigate it fully. I, the, the official deserves the, the benefit of a full investigation. Mm -hmm. And and while the investigation is going on, he shouldn't be officiating. And I, I don't think David Haynes III should have been punished for something that was very egregious that happened to him personally. And so I'm, I think this was the right move across the board. And I'm glad to see it. I'm glad, I'm glad that the UIL got involved and I'm glad the UIL made what, in my opinion, is the right move. They will, 
They'll continue the investigation. I have a hard time. This is me editorializing now. I have a hard time believing that he's going to officiate again at least this season, or Correct. perhaps ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, but there will, there will, you know, these are consequences that I think mm-hmm. this is. This is a. I think there are people who are like, you know, uh, why isn't he arrested? Why this, that, and the other? Well, first of all, the UIL can't arrest him. Like, they yeah, can't the press U- charges. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, that would have I, to come from Dallas, like, Dallas PD, Dallas PD. Yeah, Dallas yeah. ISD or Dallas, Dallas City of Dallas. ISD. I guarantee they've seen the video. If if somebody in the Dallas Police Department or Dallas ISD Police felt that what happened was worthy of an arrest, they would have. It was such it's such a public thing. Yeah. they would have made an arrest. Yes. So this is. To me, this is what's in the UIL's control at this point. We'll see what happens. Uh, I've, my, my big takeaway from this is I'm glad they reversed David Haynes's, uh, the III's mm-hmm. uh, ejection because that's important. It, it matters, and that's a, that is a thing that they can do that needs immediate attention. This is, to me, addressing what is most immediate, which is David Haynes III is going to play now. Trey Haynes is going to play mm-hmm. on, on Friday, Friday, I think. Um, and then... You can you, that takes the time element off of it, and now you can do a full investigation, figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very unfortunate incident. We like Texas high school football to be in the news, but not for reasons like this. So Correct. It very much went uh, viral. No All fun. Right. Uh, where am I going this week? Uh, that's fun, right? Yeah, much better. Uh, Thursday night, I will be homering it up uh, as the mighty, mighty Everman Bulldogs will take on the Ar- Arlington Seguin Cougars at Choctaw Stadium Thursday night. Big game. I think yeah. this is for a playoff spot. Yeah. Huge game in 5-5A Division II. Uh, is your alma mater undefeated? No. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. My alma mater's <laughs> undefeated. We are three and two right now. It's me, just me and Gabe Brooks. And yeah. I texted Gabe Brooks. It's like basically Capel Carthage, like yeah, indistinguishable. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's my game Thursday night. Friday, I got a good game as well. I'm going out to Seagaville Friday. Mm. Never been to Seagaville Stadium before. Oh really? I've driven. I've driven by it a million yeah. times. Uh, as the Woodrow Wilson Wildcats take on the Seagaville Dragons in a huge game, I think that game is going to decide the, the zone winner. Mm-hmm. In the North Zone in District Six Five A Division, Big Five A Division Two week for me. Mm-hmm. Six Five A Division Two, as you know, is in zones. North Zone, South Zone is South Oak Cliff, but T- Kimball's playing South Oak Cliff this week. That game is going to decide who's going to win the North Zone, uh, the South Zone. The North Zone is going to come down to Seagaville and Woodrow Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Seagaville's four and one, Woodrow's three and three. So big game there. Love those head coaches, John Fish at Woodrow, Stephen Jackson at Seagaville. Uh, should be a good game. Big game winner probably wins the zone um saturday i am not going to a game i'm getting on a plane oh, and f- flying to toronto to spend thanksgiving with my family wow as monday is canadian thanksgiving so i will have a thanksgiving meal on monday so and i will enjoy some 50 degree some actual fall weather in canada so looking forward to that i will probably be a little more unavailable next week but i will uh we will do a show Wednesday. I mean Monday. We will do a show Monday remotely, um, international version of Tap and Step, and yeah, so be a good week. It will be a good week. Um, I'm supposed to tell you to watch Valley Sports Southwest on Friday night. Watch Dave Campbell's Texas Football tonight uh, as well on YouTube and TexanLive.com. And yeah, that's gonna do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week remotely. On Tough